Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Welcome to episode 45 of the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. If you're new here, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for your continued support. It means so much to me. As always, if anything resonates with you in this podcast, I would be so, so, so grateful if you could share it on your Instagram stories or whatever social platforms you're using. And of course, if you would like to tag me or the podcast, which is at fitandfree.podcast, I would be super grateful. And of course, if you would love to shoot me through a DM and let me know what resonated or what didn't, and even topics for future episodes, I would super appreciate that as well. So getting that all out of the way, Let's talk about the ominous title of this podcast, which is The Dark Side of Coaching. Let me preface this whole episode with what I want it to be about. So the first thing is that it's not actually just going to be for people who are looking for like, I guess, a fitness, physique or strength, whatever kind of result. It's also for personal trainers or nutrition coaches who are trying to build their business. So when I say the dark side of coaching, I'm, I'm meaning all kinds of coaching. So coaching for a physique result, business coaching as well. And why am I doing this? And I'm just going to be really honest. I'm always really honest on this podcast. It's one of the places where you'll catch me able to speak in long form so I can really provide nuance. And you guys know if you listen, if you're a long-term listener, that I am a woman of nuance. But I'll just preface this as to like, why am I why am I doing this? So number one, I've definitely seen some really funky stuff happening in the coaching space online. And I am a client of an online coach. I am a client of a mentor, a business mentor who owns her own gym. I am a coach, obviously, and I'm also a mentor to personal trainers and nutrition coaches who are trying to build their business. And since April this year, I am or have mentored 10 people on that journey, right? So I'm heavily involved in both the side of being a client and being a mentee, as well as being a coach and a mentor, right? So this episode is really, I'm just pulling the lid off on my brain basically and giving you um, an indication of what's happening. But one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because I have been speaking to people, both personal trainers, nutrition coaches, clients, ex-clients. Uh, there's just a huge range of people, actually, you know, even my mentor, my business mentor about this kind of, this kind of topic that I, what I want to to talk about and everyone is in my circle seems to be saying the same things and I haven't really seen anyone talk about it so much in my space yet 
And I, this is one of the things that's pissing me off, this whole no one's talking about blah, 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 and like everyone's fucking already spoken about it. You're not new or you're not first in the industry to talk about it, so I don't want to do one of those things because I'm sure there are platforms where other people have spoken about these kinds of things. But I just wanted to do it for my circle and my community because that's that's not what I have done yet. I haven't done an episode like this before. Okay, so what am I going to talk about? I, I'm actually just not going to focus on all of the, the dark side. So the red flags of coaches. And again, like I said, this is going to be both fitness based and then in terms of mentoring and stuff as well, because I think there's heaps of overlap between the two. And I'm going to talk about green flags. So we're actually going to start off with the green flags and the really positive things. And then we're going to have a bit of a chat about the funky stuff. Now, um, let me preface the funky stuff too. So why do I think that there's been a shift with the funkiness? So we know in the personal training space, there's always been weird shit happening. Like, especially with the, you know, the, the fat loss industry, do we say, do I use the word diet, the phrase diet culture, which I think is incredibly overused, but we know it's a very profitable industry. And because of that, there are people who are unfortunately coming into this with the mm, not the best intentions. But even putting that aside, uh, you know, like God bless, but there are some personal trainers who I don't think appreciate the responsibility that they have. And just because it is pretty damn easy to become qualified as a personal trainer, it is. And I think that's really unfortunate, but it is. I don't think that people appreciate all of the skills you need to build a, not just, not even just like a successful personal training business in terms of, because I think sometimes when I say success, some people will just think that means financial, but is in really taking good care of your clients getting them really good results and in a way that isn't damaging them long-term. And I'm all for client responsibility. Again, I'm a client myself. So that's why I thought I had quite an expertise in this area, just because I sit in all four of these boxes. Like I said, I'm a client, I'm a mentee, I'm a mentor, and I'm a coach, right? And so I've just been able to watch this space evolve just in the, you know, the short time, the six years that I've been in it. But we, we've we always seen really rubbish practices happening in the personal training industry. Like that's that's always been the way. But what happened, I think, with, especially with the pandemic and so many businesses needing to move online we've started to see a huge blow up in the number of personal trainers who are also coaching online. And then because of that as well, we're also seeing a huge blow up of uh, personal trainers like myself who have been in the industry for a while and have experience and have built successful businesses mentoring other coaches, right? Like again, like I have done that as well. And with that, I think people are seeing again, just like, it, just like it is with getting into personal training as well. Again, it can seem like it's this really easy way or easy lifestyle to, to create an online business. And I don't think pre people are appreciating the nuances that come with that, the attention, the energy, the, just the basic, I guess, like personality traits or skills that are needed to create a positive environment overall for everyone. So not just for you, but for your clients as well. So that's why I really wanted to go into this topic. And I think it's just a great outlet for us all to just be like, you know what, these are the things that we're resonating with. These are the things that we're seeing that are really shit and that we would love to change. And, you know, as a consumer, as a client, as a mentee, really being critical with who we're getting involved with. And then on the flip side, you know, if you are coach coaching clients or a mentor, ment mentoring um, mentees, 
just really making sure you're on your due diligence, you are providing a high quality service and that your clients are always at the forefront of your mind before anything else. Like, of course, you know, your own physical and mental health need to be up there. But again, and I might get to a point like this, we just can't take for granted the responsibility that we have in looking after so many people, right? And so many people's health, yeah? So let us get into it. I did want to talk about the positive things first, the green flags when we're looking for a coach or mentor. Now, unfortunately, and I was a little bit upset about this, unfortunately, I put up a poll on my Instagram, my fit and free, the podcast Instagram. And I got not that many green flags and a shit ton of red flags. And you know what? That's probably just human nature that we're finding, you know, what's wrong or that we focus on the things that are wrong. And and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm human as well, but I just was hoping that I probably would see a bit of an even split with the green flags, but let's go through them anyway. And I will add my own. So I'll just read out the ones that I got. And we might talk about them as I go. We'll just see what happens. I don't really have any notes for this podcast, except for I've just dot pointed what you guys sent in in the uh, Instagram poll. Okay, so the green flags that you guys sent in were equal tough love and compassion. Now, again, this absolutely goes for both being a coach to clients and being a mentor to mentees, like both the business and the fitness side of things. It really is really is this balance between making sure you are taking personal responsibility for your own results because no one can do that for you. No one can do the hard work for you. No one can implement the things. No one can take the scary steps. No one can eat the food or launch the program or any of those things like that all has to be you, right? And at the same time, it is coming at it with a level of compassion, humanity, and non-judgment. So the spaces that I've done really well in both with my fitness and with my business is when I'm receiving non-judgment from my um, coach or mentor, but at the same time, they're also just questioning what my potential might be. Let me rephrase that because that's not the right way to say that. Mm, Opening up the space and getting me to get curious about what my potential might be. And not just letting everything that comes out of my mouth land at face value and be, but getting curious as to what really my desires are. And I think that that is the mark of a great coach. I'll just call it coach rather than going back and forth between coach and mentor. I'm just going to say the word coach because almost all of what I'm going to say is going to apply to both fitness and business. Okay, so let's just call it coach. And what I mean by that is if we spend the time really speaking to our clients and understanding what their underlying desires are, and I have a lot of very long-term relationships with my clients, so I'm working with a lot of them for years. Like this is the this is the kind of business and relationship and personal training business that I have built where I'm really building long-term relationships with my clients. I also understand that they're going to go through seasons and they're going to go through their own integrations and own changes. So I do make sure that I'm constantly checking in and understanding what page they're on in their life and what's now important to them because things change. I do coach a lot of women who, when they first come to me in the first few years, they're not thinking about getting pregnant and then things will change dramatically when they want to. And I need to know that, you know, it does change things to a degree, right? Just in terms of overall outlook and 
um, you know, where we should be putting our focus and those sorts of things. So that's one of them. Another one could just be, you know, in terms of their desires for their physique goals. When they first come to me, it might be from a place of, you know, lack of worthiness, lack of attractiveness, all of those sorts of things, um, you know, which is definitely where I started my journey from as well. And then just understanding that that often gets shed, especially when we're working together, because I'm, I come from a place of, uh, it would be amazing for people to get to the place where they can see physique, nutrition, all of that stuff as fun, even with the business stuff. Yeah. It's the same thing with the business stuff. It's like, I totally get that your, your business is a way for you to literally put food on the table, pay your bills and stay in shelter. Like it, there is that component of it. And once we get past that, it's again, it's just like the physique stuff. It's leaning into how can this be fun? How can this be an expression of our values? How can this ask us to step into the best version of ourselves? And I don't, I fucking don't mean that in this bullshit, wishy-washy terminology that I think is just fucking everywhere. And you can tell I'm getting... Um, annoyed and this will come up probably in the in the red flags right it's just not meaningless flat language that is really just asking you to invest in someone um, so that they can have a really successful business and not really give a fuck about your results or your what's happening in your life or any of those things but it really is about asking you to stay open and one of the oh I Gosh, I was going to skip ahead to one of the red flags. I won't, I won't. I'll stay here. I'll, I'll stay here and not get sidetracked. But it is, I think, staying open to curiosity about why we do things is really important. And the minute we close off is when we might not be seeing something that we're doing that really isn't in our... It doesn't really align with our values. And I think that that's where the, the difference is, right? So we had that first one was equal, tough love and compassion. I couldn't agree more. One thing that my current mentor does, one thing that my coach does, so you guys probably know I've spoken about my PT coach all the time. His name is Jason. It's really funny because he was also a mentor of mine for a very long time. He was my first mentor with my business. And he has an amazing skill of being able to know when to push the dial and tell you to pull up your socks. And also when to just honestly engage in so much empathy. And it's funny because I think people who haven't um, spoken to Jace might not get that impression at first. It seems to be something that, you know, my clients who do know him as well um, have sort of mentioned that. But then once you get to once you get to know Jace or if you're a client of his, you'll know how amazing he is at being able to do that. And we've had some, you know, we've been together for, yeah, like five years. No, it, gosh, it must be six years. So yeah, five and a half years as a personal trainer, six years. No, no, I'm getting so confused now. Mentoring with him stopped in June of 2021. And I started mentoring with him in August, 2016. However long it was, it was a long time. And uh, yeah, he, he was just always so good with knowing when to just really just let me be for a moment. And I guess we could call it like tread water. And then when, you know, everything was good and it was like, come on, I know you can do more than this. And it was something that I noticed really early on working with him that he knew when to do it and it was the right times. I feel like there was only one time where there, you know, may have been a little bit of a, 
I think it was with the powerlifting competition that I did and there was a sort of a comment made about my commitment to training at the time. And it's funny, I look back and it was like, I didn't want to continue with powerlifting. It wasn't really what was true for me. But at the same time, I am really glad that I just, I tried it to see if it was and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. And I got a lot out of it too, you know. So that's one of the skills that he has. And my current mentor for my business, Ro, she's absolutely amazing. She's the same, really, really, really good at knowing when to just be compassionate and lean into the, yep, you know, this is what we need to do for you. And when it's turning into just, you know, a bit of a fear of taking a step forward. And that's something I hope that, especially having these people around me, coaches and mentors around me who have done this so well, and and I can see that happening in real life for me and just for the years that I've been in this industry, being able to witness that, that I'm the same for my clients in really saying, you come on, like, don't give me that shit. It's just crap that's coming out of your mouth right now and you know it. And also saying, no, 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 we really need to listen to what you're, you know, what you're saying, your intuition, your gut feeling right now. And we need to do, you know, whatever it might be, whether that's, you know, pushing or pulling or whatnot. Right. So it is really, really important to listen to that and to know you, I think when you know your client's desires, you know what they really want, what their values are. That's when we know, like, because as an objective outsider, you can kind of see that without the emotional attachment. And that's the position you have as a coach. You can, if you know your client really well, and this is why relationship building is so important, you have the capacity to say, you know what, this isn't aligning up with their values and just hold a mirror up. That's all it is, right? Um, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm none of those things. And it's not for me to make decisions for my clients ever. The way that we can engage in equal tough love and compassion is just holding a mirror up and being like okay so this is what you this is you're telling me this is what you want and this is the behaviors tell me what's happening here you know and it, that's all that needs to happen you know it's just a mirror yeah so the next green flag was not a, not being afraid to tell them anything and gosh this is so important i have had relationships before with some coaches and again not my current ones not jason rose so I have some had some relationships before where this was uncomfortable and there were uncomfortable things that I didn't want to say for various reasons and it really hinders the relationship when we don't feel comfortable. Now, again, taking full responsibility, what's the element of my responsibility in that as a client? Is it my stuff that's making me not want to share? You know, or is it the relationship between us? Is there real judgment coming from the coach or am I just based on my past experiences, making up that there might be judgment, right? And this is where we have to do some level of uh, introspection or reflection ourselves to really ask ourselves, like, are we feeling judged? You know, are we judging ourselves for our behavior? So that's why we don't want to tell our coach? Or are they making snide remarks and, you know, passively aggressing, aggressively bitching about us on their stories, which I have my fucking God, I've seen before. It's just, honestly, that's disgraceful. But, um, you know, is that, is there something happening in reality or is it my shit that I need to get through? And this is a really interesting one because this is kind of, not that I've really had to do with this with my coaches, you know, especially these current two who, yeah, like I, they just know everything. But especially with my partner, sometimes when like this comes up in a relationship where you know you're holding on to something from the past, not necessarily with the relationship with that person, 
but it's making you view a situation in a way where, oh, they're going to judge me because someone else did. So it's like, are you worried that a coach will name and shame you because a previous coach did? And you know, that's not fair. And it can be a chance to just say to the coach, hey, I just really want to talk to you. And at the same time, I'm feeling really nervous about it or very uncomfortable about it because I've had a pretty bad experience before. So I want to tell you, but I'm quite hesitant to share this. Uh, And that's, you know, that's a conversation that you can absolutely have. Again, I hope you trust your coach enough to be able to do those things. But especially with my clients, I often say like your results and what you're coming to me for has nothing to do with me in the sense that they're not mine. And I, I don't need anything from you except that you are honest with me and that I know what you want to achieve. And please know that I'm doing everything in my power to help you do that. I don't care what results you want. You know, I've had clients, not so much anymore. When I first started on the gym floor, I had people say to me things like, well, how much weight do you think I should lose? Or it was really like that, right? And I used to just think, what? It's not for me to say, you know? And these people weren't coming to me with health problems. Like, you know, my GP has said I need to lose 10 kilos or anything like that. It was people who were of, you know, average body weight or whatever, And they sort of ask me like, well, what do you think? Like, do you think I should look like this? Or do you think, what do you think I should look like? And I was like, it's got nothing to do with me. You tell me what your goals are. And then it's my job in terms of your personality and what you want to achieve and your value system to devise a strategic plan to get you there as efficiently as possible, which kind of takes us to the the next green flag, which is a coach having multiple ways of getting results. I think this is critical, right? And I've said to so many of my clients, there's more than one way to skin a cat. It's really, really important to remember that if you're being told there is just one way to do something and it doesn't align with you, there are plenty of other coaches you can speak to because there there is way more than one way to skin a cat. There's way more than one way to get a physique result, whether that is, you know, a deficit or muscle growth or strength. And the same with the business thing. There are so many different ways of, you know, uh, forming business models and getting the results that you want in your business. Now, of course, there are overarching principles that need to be met in both spheres. But within that, there are so many different tools that we can use in order to apply and get those results. And it's really important that we're taking into account a person's values and personality when we are considering what strategy we're going to take. And then the strategy will dictate the overall methods and tools. And one of the things I say to my clients, which is, yeah, I say it to them all the time, which is remember everything you're doing is a practice. And if one of these tools or methods doesn't work, yes, there might be an element of understand that it's a practice and we'll see how we go over time. But if something's out of alignment, like it doesn't align with your values, it gives you a big ick, then we're not going to do it. And it's fine. And we can figure out another way. The most important thing for me is that my clients always understand, this is fitness and business, always understand what the overarching principles are. Because once you understand what the overarching principles are, and we can start to talk about lots of different methods and tools in order to get there, right? Then you're really, really informed in the and in the driver's seat. You're like, okay, so if I take this pathway, it might take me a little bit longer, but then it aligns with my values and goals. Or if I take this pathway, it's going to be the most efficient one. And it actually also aligns with my values and goals, right? So... I completely agree with that one. The next one is just someone who genuinely care, genuinely cares and is supportive of your goals. And 
Yeah, man. Like it's so important. And like I said before, making sure that your coach isn't telling you what your goal should be. And also just if you're looking to a coach to tell you what your goal should be, and, and I'm talking about like overarching goals, you know, what do you want in your life? How do you want your life to be? Why are we deferring that to someone else? Why are we giving that away to someone else? It's really for us to decide. And this isn't me saying that, you know, oh, you should be telling the coach how much weight you want to lose per week. Like that's more of an evidence-based, um, evidence-based question, I guess, uh, in terms of the results. You know, it's not like if someone says, "Oh, I want to, you know, build five centimeters on my glutes." That's a that's an amazing goal, and then it's up to the coach to be very strategic in terms of how we get there. Uh, but just making sure that whatever goals that you have, you are working with someone who is supportive of you. Of course, unless those goals are self-destructive or just so unreasonable that there's a question over, you know, maybe health concerns or something like that. And I must admit, I have had an experience. It was a little bit of an unfortunate experience with someone who was just completely not honest with me about what they were wanting and why. And it was really apparent within a week and I was just like, dude, this, there's something you're, unfortunately, I don't believe you're being honest with me about this. And yeah, it turns out that there was a whole lot going on. And, um, I found out, they told me a few months later that looked that they were going through a really challenging time and they weren't being honest with me. And that's why, that's why my, like my gut instinct in that, you know, even as a coach, my gut instinct was off. I was like, there's something not right here. Uh, and yeah, they did confirm that there was something not right. So just, you know, listening to your gut, making sure you know what your goals are, making sure that you know what you want to achieve at the very least, knowing how you want your life to look, or as one of my mentors says to me, like, what don't you want? If you're not sure what you want, what don't you want? Start with that. Start with like, I don't want X, Y, Z. Okay. And then from there, we can play around with, you know, methods and tools that will help you, um, you know, build a lifestyle that you really, really enjoy. So that's like the green flag about what green flags I'm looking for in terms of a coach. It is definitely someone who has done what I'm trying to do and they don't have to be, you know, in the thick of it now, but they have done it previously and they have been where I want to go. Uh, another one is that, again, they have evidence of or feedback from multiple people having a really decent experience and overall their methodologies or the way that they show up is in alignment with my values. We don't need to agree on absolutely everything. I'm more than happy to disagree on different things. And I do, even with my current mentors, that's fine. But just overall, the value system needs to be in alignment. Otherwise, it's just not going to be a fun experience. And like I said before, like I am, I in a way of building long-term relationships with my clients and that's what I want from a coach as well I don't want a coach who is treating me like a number for a fucking launch so that they can post that all over their stories or is just trying to get me in and out as fast as possible I definitely understand that it's very important to equip clients with the tools so they can do things themselves and both my mentor and my coach do that I can do all this stuff on my own I do not need them, but at the same time, I really like support systems and especially the way I live my life. I am a very introverted person. I very much enjoy my own time. So I don't have a big support system in terms of friends or even family. I have a very small family, a very small friendship group, and no one's doing fitness like my partner is, 
my partner's a you know into fitness and he's a coach himself but outside of that you know my friends and that we don't talk about these sorts of things um so it is it is really important to me that I do have someone who is more experienced than me in the area that I can continue to learn off that I can continue to watch evolve that I can it keeps does keep me accountable as well not in terms of I I'm not the kind of client that needs someone to check in on me like I I don't need that at all but just knowing that I have to put you know some data in a spreadsheet I have to show up weekly for my mentor it's those things that that is purely enough to keep me accountable and to be fair like I like I, I don't think that I would let everything go without them but I do think that I potentially might cut some corners or not give myself enough credit and not push myself if I didn't have them so let's get out get into the juice of the red flags because there is a lot so I'll just read out some of the ones that you guys have had and then we'll see if I have any else to add at the end but biases so this is a really interesting one because we're all human we all have biases but it is really important that the coach is aware of their bias and that if as a client as a consumer you're noticing a bias that doesn't sit well with you just questioning that and this is where it is important to make sure we're not jumping on bandwagons of trending coaches and that we're taking the time to really uncover who are they what are they about because you're going to be you know heavily influenced by them in working with them and just making sure that that sits well with you so really just asking like you know, if this is what the person is doing uh, or saying, you know, are their actions aligning with their language and how are they conducting themselves in all facets of their life? And is that something that is in alignment with, you know, the values I have and the goals I have? The next one was just not listening. This is a really unfortunate one because as a coach, this is probably up there with, you know, top three most important skills. Communication is probably the most important skill as a coach. And then I would say expertise. I would I would put communication in front of expertise and listening is part of communication, of course. So it is really, really important that you do feel like you're being um, heard and understood. I do believe that, we need to make sure, again, taking self-responsibility, we're actually speaking up. We're not um, asking our coach to mind read or read between the lines or any of that. And I don't think a coach should be a babysitter. This is my personal viewpoint. But if we are speaking up multiple times and we're just being, you know, we're feeling like we're being treated like a number or something like that, then absolutely it is Um, you know, a time to sort of say, hey, like this is what's happening and I'm not very happy with it. Please remedy or else I will need to leave and go elsewhere. The next one is so frustrating. It's like um, enhancement use, so PD use and not disclosing, whether that be for the person or their clients. Now, the one thing with disclosing PD use as a coach, if you are taking something, it, fuck, I I just want to be rational and fair about this discussion because like, number one, it does absolutely piss me off when people lie about it. I think there's a, I think that there is a difference between just not saying anything and not making it publicly available, which I think there is an element of that's 
fair. However, I am starting to see so many more people, not fucking shout it from the rooftops, but it, the, the information is there if you wanted to look for it. Like they are talking about enhancement and that they're being open that they do use enhancement. Of course, not having to go through every finer detail. The thing that pisses me off is when it's lied about, when they're saying, they're, when they're specifically saying multiple times over and over again there there's no enhancement happening here when there is that's where i think it's off right and the same thing with clients and we see this so often especially with things like before and afters you know this is like the you know the results my client got in you know eight weeks right and it sort of shows you know they've taken this really horrible photo in bad lighting you know, sticking out their tummy kind of thing, not flexed versus a photo of them, you know, super, super shredded in good lighting and they're happy and all those sorts of things. And it looks like they've built, you know, 20 kilos of muscle, especially as a female in 10 weeks. And it's like, no, 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 they've been training for fucking 10 years prior. Um, It was a really bad photo that they weren't flexing and they were making everything look horrible. Um, And yeah, they did a shred, like they did a successful shred um, and they got those results uh, for sure in terms of the shred, but there's just been so much manipulation. And it's like the story people read in that is, oh my God, this person's built like, you know, 10 kilos of muscle or whatever in 10 weeks. It's just not possible. So it's just understanding that, um, you know, what we're seeing in those sorts of transformation photos and it's some of it can be smoke and mirrors for sure. And the same thing goes with the fitness stuff, it, uh, with the business stuff. It's so weird when you see a coach like bragging that on the first day of working with a mentor, they hit their highest ever, you know, monthly income. And it's like, they haven't even started working with you. It's nothing to do with you or your mentoring that's got them that result. Or even... Um, you know, something weird. Yeah. Anyway, it just those kinds of things where it doesn't really make sense or, you know, where, where, where a mentor is sort of saying, Oh my God, you know, I've only been working with them for, for four weeks and yet they've hit, you know, they're now doing 10 K months or 50 K months. It's like, if you've been working with them for four weeks and they've had this result once, that's not plural. They had one month at 10K or they had one month at 50K. You haven't got them to consistent 10 or 50K months. That's a fucking different story, right? That's a different story. And what what is consistent? You know, is it six months? For a fitness business, you know, I wouldn't be saying six months is not consistent. You know, are we, we're probably looking at, tw- at minimum 12 months. If not, can they replicate that, you know, two, five years in, in the making, right? So there's just some weird shit we see. Um, and, you know, especially with like launches and those sorts of things, if you're listening to this and you're in the, if you're a coach and you're uh, looking at mentoring, it's like, you know, sometimes some of these results are, they're not cash. <laughs> and, you know, I'm so, I've been so naive in the past to think that this is because this is how I would say it or because of what I would present. That's what everyone else is doing. But it's like, sometimes those are, you know, contracts for, you know, six months ahead of time or whatever. It's not cash. They've not been paid yet. So it's like, well, maybe you had a, you know, X, Y, Z month, but that's all of your time and energy that you're going to be spending over the next six months, right? Not to mention, you know, the people that you need to pay and all of those other sorts of things or how much you spend on advertising costs. So just be wary of that. Um, 
not performing the services they are engaged to, of course, is an absolutely big red flag and not sticking to, um, you know, agreed times for check in replies and all of those sorts of things as well. And you know what, can I just say being a coach, this is really important. If you're a client, please stick to your allocated check-in time. It is not fair on a coach. If just say you have, you know, you've been told that you need to get your check-in by midnight on a day that you don't do it on that day. And then at midnight, the next day, on the day that you're meant to be getting your reply, you send through your check-in and you're expecting a reply at the click of a fingers, you know, that's really not fair. So do please make sure you're doing your best effort to get your check-ins done on time so that your coach can respond in a timely manner. Um, in my business, I set aside specific times and dates to do them and I'm letting my clients know they need to have them done by midnight previously. And it does get really, really tricky when they're coming through late and then it throws out my week. Um, so that does go both ways. Um, one of the ones that I thought was when I see coaches preaching food and body freedom and yet what they're doing and what they're saying doesn't align with that, which is you know constantly critiquing their own bodies, constantly justifying their own food intake. And I just find it a little bit off when they're specifically targeting other females that are having these insecurities and saying they can help them with their, and then the evidence is clear as day that they're still needing to feel the need to justify their own food intake or justify why their body looks the way it does which none of those things should ever need to be justified if we're really at the other side of food and body freedom. Like it doesn't really line up. Um, and then of course, in terms of um, the, you know, the results that people are showing, one of the red flags that came through was when they're only showing like complete clients when really they coach majority lifestyle clients. And again, this is a weird one. It's kind of like saying, well, these are my favorite clients. These are the clients that I think are deserving of, you know, having their results spoken about. And it's just, it's just an interesting one when you're coaching a couple of different niches of clients. So comp clients and lifestyle clients. Um, and I think it might just indicate where that coach's head is at in terms of what they see as valuable and not valuable. Um, another one is in this kind of like mindset coaching space, which a lot of personal trainers aren't qualified to be going into when they start acting like therapists and psychologists, but also this like real woo side of things of like, if you're doing anything wrong or if you're not seeing the results that you're meant to be seeing, it's your fucking energy or your vibe is off. It's like, what the fuck? Honestly, provide a specific framework for someone to follow. Let them know the overarching principles. It becomes very clear to know whether someone is either passing or failing at showing up and doing the work. And all of this low vibe, fucking high vibe nonsense is just shit. It is total and utter shit. You can get a result and be in the depths of a really, really challenging time in your life, both in your business and your physique. It has nothing to do with it. It absolutely has nothing to do with it. Are you able to undertake the actions, right? And for sure, there are ways of doing things where it can feel more easy and ways of doing things where it can feel more challenging. But there is just 
you know, if, if a coach is struggling to get a result with you and they're saying something like, you know, it's your energy or it's your vibe or guilting or shaming you and trying to turn the tables, like it's your fault for, you know, whatever that's, it's just a bit of a red flag. And like I said, of course, results do take you showing up and taking action and all of those things. If we're doing it and the coach isn't trying to problem solve and problem solve with you, right? I'm not saying things always fucking work, especially as, you know, a physique coach. Sometimes things are freaking hard, especially if someone has like a massive history of yo-yo dieting. They've really, really, their metabolism is just taking a dent. Just so many times of yo-yo dieting, which has lowered their metabolism. And also, you know, they have next to no muscle mass. They're highly stressed. They're hardly getting any sleep, you know, and they want a fat loss result. It's like, that can be really, really challenging to get. But at the same time, the solution isn't like your mindset. The solution is we need to stop dieting for a period of time. And like, this is the solution, right? It's like six months, no dieting, then we can attempt and try and do that again, yeah? And it's the same with like the business stuff. You often see this, which for new coaches is fucked. For established coaches who are already, you know, earning like 100K plus, there very much is probably going to be a mindset element of going further than that because a lot of it has to do with like receiving and visibility and I actually do believe in all those sorts of things. But the initial getting yourself off the floor, if you are showing up, if you are getting your result client uh, client results, right? Then it's just it's just it's just crap. You can do that and still feel like shit. Like you can. I've I've, I've had really six, like, and this is when I was on the gym floor, a significant, you know, breakup after a four and a half year relationship of where I thought I was going to be proposed to and had, uh, had clients within like an hour of that happening on the gym floor. Like you can fucking show up. You can, I'm not saying you should in those situations. That was really, really tough, but we don't have to be like high vibe or high energy to get something off the floor. Um, you, this is where you need to work hard. Yeah. It's not about sitting around fantasizing or daydreaming. It's actually about getting in there and doing the hard work. Okay. So, um, another one I had was like just keeping you in a holding pattern of mediocrity in the name that, you know, it's, it's not self-love to change. It's not self-love to want to, you know, um, change yourself in any way. And that's bullshit because that just keeps you in a cycle of, you know, maybe looking to that coach for their, their you know, their, again, their energy or their vibe or any of those sorts of things. And it's like, no, you've got, you want to achieve something and you've come to a coach for that result. You know, they should be helping you problem solve along the way. And again, not to say that there's not going to be problems along the way, but their job is to help you move towards it. Yeah. And again, this is especially with the, like the fitness stuff, this whole idea of, you know, you wanting to build muscle is diet culture. You wanting to get healthy and feel better about yourself is diet culture. And the, you know, the whole premise of it is just really just a waste of your time, you know, and you guys will know, I am a huge believer in like body acceptance, but it's so we can get to a place where we don't have so many fucking obstacles in our way and we can achieve the things we want to achieve without so much stress and resistance. It's not so we can just stay in a place where we're afraid to try anything new. We're afraid to push ourselves. We're not fucking snowflakes. We can we are so resilient. We're so capable of amazing things. All of us are capable of way more than we think that we can 
do and you know that's part of what I am what I am about part of how I coach is to help people unclear all of the roadblocks telling them they can't do something or that it has to be done a specific way or else it's not good we're gonna get the fucking result and I don't care how messy it is right I don't care how messy it is so that was another one. I'm just trying to look at the list and see if there are other ones. Um, not, uh, no time frames for certain phases. Yeah, absolutely agree. And this is something that you might have to ask for your coach because they might have a time frame in the background and have not told you about it. So definitely ask, like, how long are we going to do this? What's the phase that's going to happen afterwards? All those sorts of things. And then, of course, like not monitoring. So I have heard, unfortunately, that this can happen sometimes of just really like once you're in the system, you, again, just become a bit of a number and there's no actually looking at the data and seeing what's happening and asking like, is this working? You know, how does this feel? Blah, blah, blah. And then really problem solving and using different tools where we need. So just making sure all those things are happening. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of some of the red flags, some of the green flags when it comes to coaches. And I just want to finish with like some of the, I just want to solidify again, what should we be looking for in a coach? So number one, you know, that they do align with our values. Number two, that they have got evidence of other people working with them who have had a really overall positive experience and they've helped them reach their goals. Number four, you know, just making sure that it's not all about the fucking coach. It's not the, you know, the coach isn't the main character of their whole thing and that their clients are the main character of their whole thing, right? And that there is some tangible evidence to to back that up, that their clients are actually getting the results is really, really important. And it's not just the coach getting the results, right? It should be the community of the clients that are getting the results, so those are the those are the things that are really important. And then, of course, just taking self-responsibility as clients. It's making sure we're speaking up and that we're actually telling the coach what we need. We're doing our best to identify what we don't want and what we do want. And that if something isn't working, that we do speak up. We try new things. We stay open-minded as well. But we're also speaking up and letting a coach know that something's not working, right? And, um, you know, that can be straight away as well and still understanding that we can take some time to practice and give things a go. So that is the episode for today. I hope you really enjoyed it. As always, if you resonated, please give it a a share on your stories that it helps support me so, so, so much. And I will be back soon with an episode next week. 